minus less than two weeks here until we get some 49ers football. I cannot wait. I can't believe it's almost here. Once again, we're back here to talk some 49ers football, but I got, I got a special episode for you. I got a former coworker of mine from Seattle. <laughs> Jason Puckett from 950KGR to join me tonight to talk about the rivalry and talk about the only team that really has a chance at knocking San Francisco off this year in the NFC. How are you, Jason? Nate, I'm, I'm surprised that uh, you, you are doing this. Actually, you found, your, you found your calling. I mean, everyone, you know, we used to do segments on, on the station up in Seattle about uh, why the Niners will win. Oh, no, what was it? Why the Niners will win or lose? I can't remember how we did it. How we so the way it started was the Niners how had never won. How will the Niners lose? It was why the 49ers will win, despite the fact that their quarterback was Brian Hoyer and everybody who was awful. That's right. Because the Niners, when Kyle Shanahan came in, were, were terrible. But the joke was that every week I had to say why they were going to win. And yeah. I'll never forget the first week I was like, they're going to kill Minnesota. And then Minnesota just murders them. Well, I'm happy for you. You're passionate about the 49ers, and so this is a, this is a great fit for you. I'm it's, it's super excited for you, and I'm, I'm glad to be on the show tonight. Awesome. I'm happy to have you here. Do you want to tell our listeners real quick where, you know, obviously you work in Seattle, but what you do there? Yeah, I host the show uh, every day up in Seattle at 950KJR. Uh, SportsRadioKJR.com is the website uh, from 10 to 1 every single day. Uh, I've, been work, I've worked there for, shoot, we're going on. God, I got to do the math real quickly in my head. 18 years, 18 years I've, I've been there. So uh, it's a long time to been an attorney, but I grew up here, lifelong Seahawks fan, all of that. So um, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy that still talking sports. I'm happy that we get paid to do this. It's fun. It's a kid's game. It's, I feel like we're robbing people. We're stealing from uh, doing all this. And, and I'm so happy that, I mean, the last six months have obviously been difficult for everyone, but I think for those in the sports industry, uh, it's, it's been a little difficult with no games. So I'm glad that we're, what, we're a week away now? A little less, a little more a week less away? Less than two. Not a week yet. Not quite. <laughs> Trust me, I got the countdown going. The yep. hype train never stops. Playing some football, and I can't wait. Can't wait to get it going. I'm sure the only downside of the job of working in Seattle is that you have to report about the uh, Rob's favorite team, the Mariners. <laughs> yeah, the Mariners, you know, I mean, but you know, here's the thing about the Mariners. It, it, it's I've become so used to it. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortably numb with it because it's been – my entire life, my entire uh, childhood, adult life has been the same story. <laughs> Minus like three years, 95, 97 to a point in 2001. Other than that, it's been a disaster. But you know what? <laughs> I'm telling myself, Nate, one year, one year, they'll, they'll, they'll win the whole thing. Hey, uh, it happened with the Seahawks. It can happen with anybody at this point. Well, they I, were Sure. So maybe one day it'll happen. Well, let's, my, let's, it would be nice. <laughs> let's talk some some football here, real quick. So let's. I know I don't. I know none of our listeners are Seahawks fans at all. But I <laughs> want to talk about this Seahawks team specifically because they're so interesting. Because they literally took the Niners to the brink last year. It it took Dre Greenlaw making one of the most amazing plays I've ever seen for the Niners to to secure that number one seed and win in Seattle finally for the first time. And I think it was pretty sure it was five years. They hadn't won there. That building was a house of horrors, and they went down there and they got the job done barely. But the team this year is 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 different. You know, you don't have Javion Clowney. I think you have a much better secondary, however. So let, let's talk about the the big elephant in the room, and that's that's Jamal Adams. You know, I, I don't know if you've been at practice, or I don't know if they've let you out there. What have you seen from Jamal Adams, or what do you feel like Jamal Adams really brings to this version of the Seattle Seahawks? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if it, if it's the same uh, down there like it is up here, but I mean, it's 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 a secret. I mean, it's this is like USSR in the '80s. I mean, there's nothing. There's <laughs> no information coming out of there. Uh, guys, that you know, I, I'm not reporting on it daily, and just in terms of being at practice. But I mean, they can't say anything. They can't report what's going on. You get a little snippets of things, you know, every now and again coming out of practice, but it's very secluded and very guarded. I'm not sure. Is it? Is it been the same way down there with you guys? Well, we had Jennifer Lee Chan on from um, NBC Sports Bay Area last week on the show, and she said that basically they're secluded on on one side of the field, and they have to use binoculars to see a lot of what's going on. And she's a beat writer, so. She said it hasn't been easy to see what's going on. They can see kind of some of the stuff, but I mean, this whole COVID thing really makes it hard. Do you think, Nate, honestly, these football uh, coaches and management realize that they are not like government like entities and like they're not holding the secret to like the atom bomb? Football. Well, especially Brian Schottenheimer. He's just going to run the football. Yeah, yeah, well, there will be a handoff to the right, a handoff to the left, and play action will throw deep to lock. <laughs> oh, here's Schottenheimer. I'll script the first 15 plays for you because I know what they're going to be. They're the same <laughs> plays they have in the last few years. You know, it's going to be 36. You're going to try and throw deep, and then he's going to scramble around and, you know, hit a tight end over the middle. Um, to, to your original question, uh, every it, it's been glowing, you know, the the remarks about Jamal Adams. And and I think people what people have really remarked who have watched practice is just the intensity that he plays with the passion that he plays with, how much fun he has, is having, the speed at which he plays uh, with. And, you know, he's probably just, you know, one, we know how, how talented he is. And two, I think he's just happy to be out of New York. You know, and he's playing well, for it. Has yeah. a win. Nobody wants to play for Adam Gase. Nobody. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, I think players, you know, sometimes we get caught up in the players and the money and you know you know and sometimes we think that's all they want to play for and again i think money's a huge part of it and all that i think at the end of the day too though they're competitors they want to win they want to be on a competitive team that can win and and there's no doubt that you know the situation that adams is in now is is a much better situation than he was previously well uh, yeah absolutely as russell wilson and that's the one thing every 49er fan listening to this show right now knows is with russell wilson anything's possible and i think that's why Seattle is the team that San Francisco really struggles with every year. Like, yes, I think Arizona is good. I think they're talented. And I think the Rams are maybe on their way back or figuring things out. But the, the reason I wanted to bring you on here is I think it's Seattle and San Francisco again. I really do. And I think that there's so much that goes into that rivalry and those teams. And they're so they're built, not necessarily similar, but they're built to kind of counteract each other almost. And so with this secondary, you know, the Niners – Problem on offense isn't George Kittle. It's not really their off, the, you know, their offensive line. It's not. I mean, it, there was wide receiving core isn't great. It's Jimmy Garoppolo, and so with the secondary Seattle's built. I mean, is it? Do you think you know this was built specifically to counter the Niners' passing game? Well, I mean, I think that I think the, there's no doubt that Jamal Adams, the acquisition of Adams going in, did did. Did John Schneider look at George Kittle and say, do we need a weapon that can slow George Kittle down? Yeah, I think absolutely. But I think that also, though, you know, adding Jamal Adams not only helps him against you guys, against San Francisco, uh, but it helps him against the Rams. I mean, Sean McVay, even though they, they, they dipped last year, still a very good offensive mind. They still have talent. He will no doubt help him in that pass game and in the running game. And I think what's happening in Arizona, I mean, Listen, Arizona's going to be a going to be an interesting, going to be a scary team now. I mean, they can make some progress getting oh, yeah. you know, 
teams and what they've made offensively. So I think it's you've got Jamal Adams because one, he was available. Two, he's an all pro. And I think when all pros are available, I think you make every effort to try and get him. Do they give up too much? Well, we'll wait and see. If it helps them, who cares, right? I don't care what. They get terrible for, in the first round anyway, so it's fine. Well, but that's the other thing too. They have been awful in the first round. Like I, I don't care about first round picks because they, um, when they pick in the low twenties, like they haven't got anything out of that, you know. So yeah, um, you know, I think Adams obviously will help them uh, against the Niners and will help them against George Kittle. And I think that I think they'll use him different ways. Maybe not as is um, uh, many different ways that maybe that the Greg Williams used him in New York, but. Listen, they're not going to just put him back there as a safety and just be like, hey, we need you to be Earl Thomas or Cam Chancellor. I mean, they're going to – I think that's why they love this this training camp is because they're doing different things with him, and they're just – no one can see it. So I think – Well, they're see- pairing him with, with Diggs, who I think uh, oh. Niner fans have nightmares about from that Monday night game because Diggs just really tore it up. It's their best secondary since the Legion boom. I mean, I, and I'm not – you know, that's not groundbreaking. I mean, it's just obvious. You know, they well, yeah. have two legitimate corners. You know, Dunbar is, is very good. Shaquille certainly is coming into his own. And then, the, I, I, I don't know, man. You're not going to – I don't think you're going to find two better safeties right now uh, paired with one another than those two. And um, so uh, their strength of their football team is obviously that secondary and their linebackers. Their issue will just be up front. You know, can they get after the quarterback? They struggled with it last year. That was with Clowney. And I was going to get to that, of course, real quick. But going back real quick, on Dunbar, is he going to play for sure? I know we had the, the robbery issue. Have they said that he is the other corner opposite Shaquille? Oh, yeah, he is. Uh, you know, from a, from a personnel standpoint, oh, absolutely. It's his okay. job. I mean, he has taken that job uh, from Trey Flowers, no doubt about that. Uh, now, will the league do anything? Uh, you know, I don't know if the – I think the league has kind of made up their mind on him, and I think they're just going to move on and say – you know, no harm, no foul. But in terms of like the Seahawks side of things, yeah, no, he's he's the guy. Yeah, there's okay. There, there, there was no there was no way they were going to go acquire him, and he was yeah. not going to be the guy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the thing is that secondary. I mean, as soon as they added Adams to it, it's like with Dunbar, it was like okay, Shaquille Griffin's decent. They add Dunbar, it's like okay, this is a little scary. And then they add Adams in there, and it's like this is a secondary that is probably one of the better secondaries San Francisco's going to see all year for sure. Um, but then we, you know, back backtracking that pass rush is, as we said last week, it's awful. So, I mean, like with the guys you have there, you know them better than I do, obviously, like and any of them, something that San Francisco should worry about when they have guys like uh, now they have Trent Williams, who was better than Joe Staley. And the reason that Clowney was so successful in that Monday night game was specifically because Staley struggled with Clowney. So with guys worse than that, you know, how are they going to how are they going to get to the quarterback? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the million dollar question. It's, it's without a doubt the biggest question here in Seattle is, is you know, can you can Benson Mayo and Bruce Irvin, who they acquired in the offseason and, and you're hoping you got them on the cheap? Can they somehow have these seasons they had last year, you know, where they both had more sacks than Jadavion Clowney? But no, one, again, no, numbers are numbers. No one's going to say that those guys impact the game as much as Jadavion Clowney. I think you guys saw in that game specifically. You know, Clowney does not – he's not a traditional defensive end where he's going to rush the passer and get you double-digit sacks every year. He's a disruptor, and I think you saw that in that Niners game. When he's on and he's right, uh, I think he's one of the biggest disruptors from a defensive standpoint that the league has. Problem is consistency. Health is the other big thing. He's just not healthy. You know, he's always banged up for the most part. Um, you know, there's still a possibility they can get him, but if they don't, as of now, 
yeah, it's it's a problem. I mean, it, it's it's a major problem. I mean, they're banking on a lot of what ifs. You know, what if Benson Mayo can have another strong season? What if Bruce Irvin can have another strong season? You know, you got to hope Rasheem Green now makes another step. L.J. Collier, who was a big uh, bus last year, is a first-round pick out of TCU. You know, can he take a next step? Alton Robinson, uh, who they draft out of Penn State. They got the young man um, out of uh, Tennessee who's not going to be available to them for how, God knows how long. So, you know, I think you got to hope and stating the obvious that the secondary is so strong that it gives their, that defensive line more time to get after the quarterback and thus takes up for the slack of, of the talent up there. You know, I mean, they both they both work hand in hand, the secondary and the defensive line. So um, you got to hope that back end is strong. Doesn't you know locks up those wide receivers and then gives Benson Mayo, Bruce Irvin, Rasheem Green, those guys extra time to get to the quarterback. And then specifically, you know, closing out this defense, what are the expectations for Jordan Brooks? Like I heard a lot of like he's Fred Warner, and I'm going to tell you right now, there is nobody in this NFL that is Fred Warner right now. That guy is he may have COVID right now. But he flies around that field. What is I mean, Jordan Brooks plays. What the hell are you talking about? You would have Jordan Brooks play. Well, I know I I haven't seen Jordan Brooks play. I'm saying nobody's Fred Warner. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, he could be. I don't know what Jordan Brooks is. I have no idea. But I know he's fast. He, um, you know, they talk about him a lot during practice. He's a move around. He's a playmaker. You watch at least some of his clips that you see at Texas Tech. I mean, he, you know, eventually will take over for KJ Wright when KJ steps out, you know, is done playing football, which is probably pretty soon. And then eventually, you know, Bobby Wagner can't play forever. And then, you know, he'll slide into that role. So I, I don't know, you know, Nate, I, I don't care what happens in practice because it's practice. Yeah. I want to see what happens in an actual game. And I think that's what's unfortunate about not having any preseason games. You can't Absolutely. see that like Jordan Brooks play. I remember last year at this time, we were talking about Cody Barton as being this training camp sensation. Cody <laughs> Barton, right? Utah. oh my God, Cody Barton. Oh, he, Cody Barton's making play after play in practice. They get in a preseason game and Cody Barton is the worst player on the team. <laughs> so whatever. I mean, until they can strap it up for the first time, we'll never know. And that's like, I mean, that's the main problem about asking questions like this is like the wow. no preseason games. It's the same thing when we talk about the Niners, but specifically moving on to the Niners, what is the expectations or what do people think of this Niners team in Seattle? Well, I mean, you know, honestly, and not, not a shot. I, I mean, it's not a shot. You guys on paper and as a team last year, the Niners, that was a stacked team last year. You're playing a high, high, I mean, you're in the Super Bowl. Right? Yeah, absolutely. That Seahawks team was not good. And you barely <laughs> beat them. Barely. You know what I mean? You split them and you barely beat them. I mean, I, I think for Seahawks fans, if I was just going to play play that role, play that, be that guy for a second, I think they would say that. Your best team split against a team last year that was, eh, it was okay. It wasn't a good team. I think if, if Seahawks fans are being honest with themselves, it wasn't really a great team. They had so many injuries. The last game, you don't even have a running. My God, they got Marshawn Lynch off the scrap heap. He was 270 pounds, and I love Marshawn Lynch. I mean, he's like my favorite player. He's 270 drinking Hennessy on the sideline. Now, I don't think he actually was drinking Hennessy on the sideline, but it appeared that. And, I mean, you know, and it came down to, you know, Jacob Hollister, you know, it's that much, you know. And, and then all of a sudden, roles are reversed. You know, the Seahawks win the division. All of a sudden, you're like, you know, I mean, how, how much things could have changed. So 
I'll be honest with you. I think I think people are scared. Seahawks fans would be scared of the defense. Uh, no doubt about George Kittle. But I guarantee it's the same thing you guys talk about down there. I don't think there's anyone, a person up here that fears Jimmy Garoppolo. I just, I just, I think they look at Jimmy Garoppolo and they just say, he's, he's just a guy. I mean, and we've had that conversation on this podcast specifically is that Jimmy Garoppolo has to step up for this team to get back to the Super Bowl. And I think he will because he's not dealing with the knee issue anymore. I think that's a huge factor. I think that the fact that he was constantly worried about that knee, just at least for the beginning of the season, and they still won, I think it was seven straight is a huge factor. But the main thing is that defense I don't think it's going to be as good as it was. So Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to step up. Yeah. And so and you just, and I guess you don't know, you, you know, until you put the offense on his shoulders and say, all right, we, we need you, you know, to carry us to victory. You know, sometimes you just don't know if guys can answer that bell. I'm not saying that he can't. I'm just saying that I don't, I don't know. think we have enough information on whether or not he can, can do that. Uh, maybe he can, you know, maybe if they just do unleash him, but you know, the way that Kyle calls plays is very similar to kind of how Seattle has done things. Right. I mean, do, do fans down there want to see him throw the ball more, open up the offense a little bit more and do stuff like, or they like the, the ground game. I mean that, you know, you being up here, you know what it's like up here. My, yeah. you know, let Russell throw it 40 times a game. Well, that's, that's just never going to be Pete Carroll's thing. He's never going to do that. Um, I don't think the Niners need to throw the ball as much as some people do. Like I, the thing was like, they won, they won a playoff game with him throwing the ball eight times because their run game is literally was unstoppable. It's the best. It's the best. It's the most, I, I mean, I love the running game. I mean, I, I swear to God, it makes me, I mean, it's, I get slightly orgasmic when I, when I watch the 49ers running game. I really do. I have to have a cigarette after watching it. I really, it's just, it's not much. It, it, it tickles me inside. That I love it. Um, I get excited because it's it's the most diverse, balanced, innovative running game I've ever seen. At, I mean, at any level. And that was the thing with that Green Bay game is they literally just ran the ball over a team that you guys really struggled with in that game. And and the thing is, Seattle, I think the people They're don't understand. Rich, Nate. I mean, my God, <laughs> they were down to their fourth running back and they almost won. I know. That's the thing is people don't realize – and I think I, I may have not given Seattle enough credit until I have you here, but, you know, Seattle just is a problem for the 49ers. And that's the thing is I, the way that they play the game is boring. And you can agree with me. It's boring football, but it works because they keep – go ahead. It's, it's because it's – but it's effective. You know, I, you know here's the thing. I, I think everyone gets caught up right in, you know, what Kansas City does, what, what the Rams do, or, you know, where – we equate here. We equate high octane or great football to throwing the ball for you know fifty times a game. Well, Patrick Mahomes has done that. Sure, but when I but but look at the Niners last year. You know, we just talked about the running game, most diverse running game, balanced, innovative. You can be innovative and still run the ball. Uh, you can win a game twenty three to eighteen or twenty three to seventeen and still. That's a quality win. I mean, it doesn't matter. You don't have to score oh, yeah. points. There's there's many ways to win a football game. But what I like about the Niners, what I really respect about the Seahawks is where everyone has shifted to this different style of offense. They have, you know, they're old school. I mean, they're kind of like me. I like to open up a newspaper every morning, Nate. I know you've never heard of a newspaper or what one is, but I like I like to look Not at since a, I worked with you. I, yeah, I like to look at a baseball scoreboard and a box score in a paper. 
you know, and I like black coffee. All right. I like strong black coffee. Those are the little things that get me excited in the morning, Nate. I'm not sure what gets you excited, but that's what gets me excited. I'm excited every time George Kittle breaks a run and is just gone. I mean, that's the thing is with the Niners is the yards after the catch thing is exciting because Kyle Shanahan schemes them open. The thing is we have to have a quarterback this season who doesn't throw the ball to every defensive player on the field. I think he's, I think, I think the way you guys are, are set up running game, you know, what's, what's the, what's the injury situation with, um, with Debo. He, so we've had this conversation a couple times. He says he's healthy enough for week one. I think they're going to hold him until week four against the Eagles. How much do you think he stirs that drink on that offense? Because the ability to do that, the fly sweep and the fake, the fly sweep. Oh, yeah, exactly. And that was the thing is without him, I granted it's the Cardinals, the jets and the giants. Yes. The Cardinals are better. The defense is still terrible. You specifically as a Cougar fan, you would know a lot about the air raid offense. Are you trying the, to the, the Cougars? Is that what you're trying to do? No, no, not at all. Uh, the main thing is the air raid offense, I feel like, is a is something the Niners just struggle with. But mm-hmm. that defense on the Cardinals is not going to be able to stop the Niners this season, I think. With George Kittle, even without Debo, I'm hoping Brendan Ayuk is the guy. Like, we've talked about him a bunch of times on this show. I, like, I'm just like you. I haven't seen practice. I don't know. You know, we had Jennifer on last week, and she said Ayuk is awesome, right? So I have to assume Ayuk is awesome. But everybody's awesome. And, you know, I mean, honestly, that's the hardest thing about watching practice and evaluating it. Not to take anything, you know, away from, uh, you know, Jennifer's report. But, you know, guys look, you know, I remember last year watching the Seahawks practice. You know, we would talk about DK Metcalf. You know, we would talk about Jazz Ferguson, who was an undrafted rookie. Oh, my God, Jazz Ferguson. Look at this guy. And then, you know, again, he gets in a game and Jazz Ferguson looks lost. So, you know, it's hard. I mean, it's seven on seven. I mean, they're not hitting. They're not doing anything. You know, I think I think it's the same concern last year. I think with with the Niners is 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 you know who's going to be that guy on the outside. You know, it's not you know in this league, even though if you're not going to throw it a bunch, you still need that dude on the outside. And Kittle's the guy. You know, Kittle is special as a tight end. You still need that that diva wide receiver that plays on the outside. And, and I, that'll be Debo once he comes back yeah, for sure. I honestly think that you you need that. I mean, I think that's where. I'm intrigued about Seattle taking their next step in year two with DK Metcalf because he's that guy. Let's talk about DK Metcalf real quick. Sure. So it's, it's Lockett and DK. Those are your guys. Who else is there? What? Yeah, those are the two main guys. So, I mean, like, what do you think of, of DK going in? Let's talk about it. What do you think of DK Metcalf going into season two? Like, it, it seemed like last year he – I think he had the most drops out of any rookie wide receiver. But – it felt like towards the end of the season, he was starting to learn his learn to use his body a little bit better. You know, he's big. I mean, he's bigger than everybody on that field. There's no reason that an Emmanuel Mosley should be able to stop a DK Metcalf. Focus, but, focus on the negative of the guy's rookie season. You know, let me just give me, let me, can I just pull it? This is a Niner podcast, man. What do you expect? I'd like to pull up his stats just to see where it ranks with your vaunted wide receivers of, I forgot you guys still had Jerry Rice on your team down there. I, I wish we did. Eight catches for 900 yards and seven touchdowns. Oh no, he was. I'm not denying the fact I he's know. awesome. Now you went right negative, right to the. <laughs> other went, Hold on, now let's just pull up the Niner stats from last year on wide receivers. I'd like to know what great. Oh, I, you don't want to look at that. You don't want to look at that. Huh. You'd kill for DK Metcalf. <laughs> kidding me? Um, yeah, I mean that's. But to your point, does he need to get better? Um, 
at at that for sure. I mean, that's his his catch radius could improve. I mean, uh, now that's not me. I'm no film nerd. <laughs> no, I've listened to guys experts that we have like on our air to say that, but you know, he's 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 dropped too many balls. I mean, he he could play bigger, you know, in terms of going up and, and, and catching contested balls. But I don't know, man. He he put together the best rookie season ever as a wide receiver uh, in that organization. You know, and that includes, you know, a Hall of Famer like Steve Largent, who, you know, really, Jerry Rice even said he learned all of his route running from Steve Largent. Did you know that name? Yeah. yeah. Did you know that? Yes. I'm just saying that he he put together, for a team that doesn't throw the ball all that much, um, he's going to be a problem this year. And and I think in year two, when he gets more, when he gets more comfortable, and him and Wilson have a great rapport together, I think it's going to be pretty special. And I, I'm intrigued to see if they open it up a little bit more offensively. And the, the thing with DK Metcalf is he's literally the most perfect receiver for Russell Wilson. Like, yeah. I mean, he's literally throw the ball up and he'll go get it because he's huge. Yeah. And that's the thing that scared me when he came in is, you know, having to do with that guy. And, you know, with the on the Niners side, like Sherman's a year older. It's a little scarier, you know, like, yes, he, they've already said Sherman's the other corner. We still don't even know who our left corner is yet. Like, we, it, it should be Emmanuel Mosley, but watch, Akella Witherspoon will be trotted out there again after he got burned in that game. And so that's the thing is, like, our secondary is a little bit uncertain, and we still have to deal with DK twice a year. And he's probably the, he's the biggest wide receiver in the division. I don't know if he's the best. I mean, I think it's going to, you know, it, it will come down to these two teams again. Um, and that's why I wanted to have you on specifically is because this is the two teams it will, that it will, it's going to come down to. And, you know, I think that it will, it will be probably down to the, you know, to the last, you know, few games of the season, last game of the season. I mean, I just think they are, they are both the, the two best teams in the division. And then, you know, it's not to take anything away from the Rams. I mean, I think the Rams are a good football team, but, you know, I think just think consistency with the two coaches, I think defensively what they both do uh, and offensively how they, they are committed to the running game. Yeah. I mean, it's going to come down, uh, to them again and I guess if you look at it you know the if you're you're wearing the Seahawks color glasses you know if you're up here in Seattle you're gonna say I'm gonna put my money on the quarterback you know I think I think for me and I'm not not trying to sound like a homer if they can avoid injuries and be fully healthy and I know that that's asking a lot because it's the NFL and guys get hurt all the time but if Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde and those guys are healthy all season long I mean that's what killed them last year I mean killed them last year in the, in the final game against the Niners uh, it really robbed them in the playoffs is is they just did not have their number one running back. They could not do what they wanted to do offensively uh, without Chris Carson there. And so if he can be healthy the entire season, yeah, I mean, I think they're a tough out. They're they're huge, huge out. And they've got to shore up, you know, they also got to shore up the defensive line and, and you know, make sure they can find a, a guy who can rush the passer. But uh, offensively, I think um, they're going to be much better than they were last year. I think the Hyde addition is great. Greg Olson, I think, is a great addition, even though he's 98 years old. I think he's got one more year on him. But uh, those are two huge additions of that team. Well, Disley, I think, needs to play a full season. That's one of your big factors. And then what do you think about your offensive line specifically this season? You know, it's always been a problem for Russell. Like, you have an emoji, office- Do you have an emoji for a dumpster fire? Yeah, it's the same bleeping problem it is every year. My God, this organization, I love them to death. I mean, my God, I mean, I've, I've been a fan since I was a little kid. I used to go to games with my dad in the kingdom where a guy behind us used to chain smoke the entire game. In the 80s, that was okay. You could chain smoke behind you in a, in a dome. But I've never seen an organization with a franchise quarterback, you know, a Hall of Fame level quarterback, just say to them, yeah, we're not going to get an offensive line for you. 
we're just gonna <laughs> keep running around like Fran Tarkenton back of there and make plays. But, you know, they 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 use that position. Obviously, they rob that position because they pay pay guys on the defense. They pay him, you know, thirty five, thirty six million dollars. You know, they 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 paid, um, you know, Dwayne Brown. But for the most part, you know, they they rotate guys in and out. You know, and it's and I think it's to the credit of Russell because his ability to scramble and make plays and extend plays it helps him. Right, you can make an average offensive line look better than it really is. Yeah. Uh, but it, again, it's a cliche, right? Who's you know what's the key to the game? Well, whoever wins the line of scrimmage. I mean, we can say that every week. But I think for their success this year too, you know, I think it's both the both the lines. I think the defensive line is a is huge question mark. But I think obviously the offensive line because you're kind of uncertain at at center and you're un, you're uncertain at the uh, guard positions. And I think that's a, that's a huge problem. I mean, I mean, and there's no getting around that because if they can't run the ball and be effective. Um, and their offensive line is their Achilles heel, then they'll struggle. Yeah, and well, and that's the, that's this problem every year, and that's why I mean, I, here's the final here's the final question before we I, before I make you predict the Niners' record because I'm going to make everybody do it this season. So if you want to pull up the Niners' record real quick, oh, who's yeah. going to win? Who is going to win the NFC West this year, and why do you think they're going to win the NFC West? Obviously, you're going to have a Seahawks flair to it, but I want to know your honest to God reasoning and why and who you think is going to win the nfc west well, i mean I, i'll just you know I'll, I'll play the homer i i don't say i think seattle will win it i mean i, I think seattle i think seattle's got an 11 5 in them and and i think that might be enough to win it and i'll just go back to the quarterback i mean i think that i think the separator between those two teams uh is just going to be the quarterback i mean i think they're very even but i mean there is no one in this world that would take you know jimmy Garoppolo over russell wilson and i think that if when that equals so much to have the better quarterback. And so I think that that um, if they all stay relatively healthy, that I would take Russell Wilson in that. I mean, I, I think they have, they have their warts, you know, their blemishes on their, on their team. But I, again, going back to those two meetings last year, I mean, you saw uh, equally, you know, matched games. And I think of the game at the end of the year uh, when the, you know, the Seahawks were a depleted football team and still were, you know, a whisker away uh, from winning that game. And I know it was at home and they have an advantage there at home, but um, yeah, I'm, I'll roll with the quarterback. I, I just think he's that special. And I think he means, I think he equals so many more wins for that team. He's very good at football, but my God, is he a goober? Oh, he's a nerd. He's a, but he's our nerd. See, we can call him a nerd and a goober and an idiot and kind of a, uh, you know, a putz. We can do that, but you can't. You can't. Oh, I can. I worked there. No, 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 you don't get no right. You can't say anything about it. nothing. You, you have no <laughs> right to say anything about it. We can do. Okay. We. He's our family. We can make fun of him. You can't make fun of him. Now, if he ever leaves, he ever leaves, then we can make fun of him. It's like don't tell that to Niners Twitter because the, they make fun of him all day. The same thing with Richard Sherman. I mean, my God, everyone up here loved Richard Sherman. The second he went to the 49ers, everyone hates him now. I mean, that's just well, we love him. Richard's our guy. He's my favorite. You hated him in Seattle, and that's just oh, the way, I, it's the way sports works. I hated him so much, and now I love him. I yeah. he's the nicest guy in the world. Yeah, sure, right. <laughs> so finally, I'm making everybody do this. Predict the 49ers record, and where are the losses? Oh my God, I got to pull up the schedule in front of me. I told you to pull it up in the last question. I was I didn't hear that you told me to pull it up. All right, you got to give me a second here. Because now I gotta I, I gotta pull it all up and see what games you guys are. Well, loss, loss, loss. Oh, you're the worst. Loss. 
You're the worst. I'm not lost. My, lose, whole, my, my fan base is going to hate you. Can you lose a bye week? <laughs> oh, God. I mean, look at, my, look at uh, for your fans. Look at that's Muhammad Ali. That's what, see, okay. see that's Muhammad this is Ali. An, this is an audio podcast, Jason. Oh, you cannot, we're not video, we're not the video of this? Oh, well, no. that, that ruins the whole thing. Well, I have a picture, I have a picture in my office, Muhammad Ali, when he knocked out Sonny Liston. Much like the Seahawks will knock out the 49 that's what i was oh my god my um, it's gonna hate you so much i'm never gonna bring you back there's no they, they can't hate you. No uh 10 and 6 you 10 want and six. Losses? yeah give me the losses real quick philadelphia at new england um new orleans uh at uh, at C- uh, both Seattle games, we'll sweep. Them. Okay, we're done here. Oh, you're trying, to, you're trying to derail my hype train. This is the 415 podcast. The hype train never stops, baby. You did. You don't. Don't. If you don't like the answer, ask the question. Ten and six with a with. A, I'm looking at maybe that uh, uh, Cowboys. That could be nine and seven, and that's the worst. That's John Lynch maybe fired. Oh my God! <laughs> Honestly, when 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 he when John Lynch decides to fire Kyle Shanahan at the end of this year, who do you think he looks at? You're the worst. Just no, go away. Honestly, Nate, I mean, have you started? Kyle you- Shanahan isn't going anywhere because this hype train does not stop. But when they decide to make a coaching change at the end of the year because Kyle Shanahan did, couldn't get it done, who is who's number one on the list? I don't even right now. Have you done a top three list of who will replace? No, because I have a franchise coach. That's all I need. I have a franchise coach. I have the coach I need for the next year. And you're just the worst. I should have never brought you on here. Have you guys, Have has he, does he know that when you're in a big game, it's okay to still call plays correctly? Or has he been able to get over his Super Bowl, you know, where he kind yeah. of promised on himself? Don't let Rob hear you because then he'll go off too. Because he 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 hates the play calling for that Super Bowl, too. And don't get me wrong. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. Not really? Of course but it wasn't great. It was terrible. That team was good enough to win the Super Bowl. They should have won the Super Bowl. We should yeah. have six right now. And I should be able to talk all the smack yeah. on you, no matter what you say right now. And your head coach got in the way, just like he got in the way with Atlanta. Well, it's okay. When I when I when I bring you back on this podcast later in the year and we're undefeated up to the point of that Seattle game again, and you'll all have the last laugh. It's okay. Finally, in closing, uh well, you can hear me on Jason's show every Friday during the NFL season doing four of the 49ers to win, because they're gonna win every game because the <laughs> hype train doesn't stop. I don't know if we'll let you on anymore. Okay. Well, thanks for joining me, Jason. I appreciate it. Uh, if you want to listen to his show, it's on 950KJR in Seattle. I don't know why you'd want <laughs> as a 49er fan, but you're totally welcome to. Jason's an awesome guy. He's just He just happens to be a Seahawks homer. Sorry for that, guys. But I really wanted to get the Seahawks perspective on this. This has been the 415 Podcast. The hype train never stops. No more injuries. And we'll see you next week.